Should we take that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Allie Grant. And I'm just you. Welcome to Follow Me, your resource for all things influencer. Brought to you by B Social Group. What it is is that the product just has to be really good at to the point where it's not relevant anymore who the founder is. And for me, that was always what I wanted my thing to be. Like I didn't make it my put my name on it intentionally and I wanted it to be so good that it didn't matter that it was an influencer who started it. Hey guys, welcome back to the Follow Me podcast. Today, it's just me, Allie. Jess is working on important businesswoman stuff, so she's not going to join us today. But today's episode, I loved. I thought it was so informative. I feel like I learned tons from it. We had Lindsay Silberman on, who is a luxury lifestyle blogger and founder of Hotel Lobby Candle. And it was just a very informative episode, so I'm excited to get into it. So I'll start with introducing Lindsay and kind of chat through the different things that are the takeaways from this episode. So Lindsay Silberman is a luxury lifestyle blogger and the founder of Hotel Lobby Candle, a home fragrance line inspired by the scents inside five-star hotels. When Hotel Lobby Candle first launched in October 2020, the candle sold out in 24 minutes, garnering interest from luxury retailers like Neiman Marcus. They now carry the brand both in store and online. Prior to launching her candle brand and lifestyle blog, she spent a decade as a magazine editor covering travel and beauty for outlets like Vogue, The Wall Street Journal, Town & Country, Elle Decor, and GQ. So in this episode, I really honed in on how do you start a brand as a creator or influencer? And what is step one from finding a manufacturer, finding that it factor, like what type of product should you launch and why? For example, for Lindsay, it really made sense to make this hotel lobby candle that was around travel and luxury lifestyle because that's what she had a decade of experience writing about and creating content about on her social media. So If you're looking to start a product as a creator or interested in the process, this episode is for you. So let's get into it. Well, welcome, Lindsay. I am so excited for you to be on the podcast. And I have to tell you why I'm super excited because over the pandemic, I took up a hobby and that was candle making. And my dream was to start a candle company and you did that. So I'm so excited to like just dive into that and like how you've done it. But I want to start first with how you got into the creator economy. Well, first of all, I, that's so cool. I feel like you and I could probably talk about candles forever because I obviously am obsessed. I've made a business out of it. But in terms of how I started in the creator space, so I never thought this would be a career. I mean, when I first started in the professional world, this was not a job. There was no such thing as Instagram. I started my career actually in magazines. I was an editor for about 10 years, I worked, you know, wrote and worked everywhere for Town and Country to Vogue, freelance for the Wall Street Journal, for Architectural Digest, and also was like on staff at various different places. And, you know, truthfully, I, my entire life, I all, only thought I, all I ever wanted to do is be a magazine editor in New York. And mm-hmm. it was the only career I was ever interested in since I was literally 10 years old. And I kind of made that happen for myself when I graduated college. Like throughout college, I interned 
at different places and eventually landed into like what I thought was my dream job and did that for 10 years. I hopped around to different magazines, was freelance at times and sometimes on staff. And I kind of covered a little bit of everything initially earlier on in my career. I was focused on more celebrities and entertainment. So doing a lot of fun celebrity interviews and profiles, then transitioned a little bit more into beauty and luxury travel. And I thought that would be like my life's path. I I always would tell people that I would work in this industry until I became the editor-in-chief of a magazine. And if you would have asked me when I was young in 21, 22, like what, where I would be in 15, 20 years, I would have said, I'm going to be the editor-in-chief of a magazine. And then things started kind of changing with like digital uh, websites happening, magazines going online. And then of course, Instagram happened. And I think the career that I had always imagined for myself started to change a little bit. And I did end up going uh, digital. So I was working on dot coms for a bunch of different magazines and getting more into like the digital media space. And then I joined Instagram and had, you know, just a small amount of followers, the same the way any other person did. But at the time, I was getting to travel around the world a lot for my job. I was writing about different travel destinations, luxury hotels, up and coming hotspots for uh, like wealthy travelers. And I was posting about a lot of about it's out on Instagram and just sort of like giving tips behind the scenes. I would go to a destination and share a little travel guide. And I started to build up this pretty big community of people who, number one, were just intrigued that this was my job. And number two, that were really passionate about travel and wanted to get tips and tricks and kind of insider advice from me. So I was doing that all while I was still employed, you know, full time. And never honestly occurred to me to like leave or Mm -hmm. do it as a job. I, I always say like I was a fan and a consumer and lover of influencer culture, Mm -hmm. like ever since the very beginning, like the OG bloggers, I followed all of them. I was so fascinated by this like new wave of influencers and I like studied like how they were building their businesses and what, you know, how they were shifting from blogs to building brands. And I just always thought it was cool and really inspiring, but I just never like saw myself doing that. And then as I, my following started to grow while I was still working at the magazine, it was most recently I was at town and country magazine. I began to think like, Hmm, I, maybe I would be really good at this. I, my entire life, I've essentially been influencing by making recommendations or writing about beauty products or traveling and telling you know magazine readers about the places to go. And I also started getting approached by brands that had worked with me through editorial, and now they were like wanting to pay me, which I thought was wild. Yeah, I also like wasn't you know rolling in the dough working in magazines, so I was like. This is this could be interesting. Like people are now offering to pay me to post about stuff that I love anyway. But at the time I also there really was no precedent for that, like having a full-time job and then also taking money on the side from partnerships. So I pretty much said no to everything. I didn't want to kind of blur the lines between paid and what I was doing editorially. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of got to a point where I actually had passed a hundred thousand followers when I was at my last job. 
and I hadn't taken a single dollar from, hadn't monetized my account, hadn't even considered doing a paid partnership, which is crazy. I wasn't even doing like affiliate links. Like I was just posting links, just regular links and not making any money off of it. And I, it it got to like kind of a tipping point where I was like, well, I actually think I could probably be making more money than what I was making at my job and have freedom. And I wanted to just dip my toe into it and like kind of see if it would work out. And I was very kind of strategic about it. I had a lot of friends who worked in influencer marketing at brands. And I would say to them, someone of my size, what what would someone like me be paid? Or how much would you pay for a post? Or how much would you pay for an Instagram story? And I basically did the math and I figured out like how much I would need to do per month in mm-hmm. order to at least make the same or close to what I was making. And um, I was prepared to, I also had been saving up money, like as I had been thinking about it for several months. So eventually one day I felt like I was ready and I put in my notice and I actually ended up still staying on for three more months because I was so nervous about like leaving. And, you know, I just, as someone who had always been a corporate person and Mm. I'd always defined myself by my career and by the company that I worked for, the idea that I was leaving to just be myself and not have like Lindsay, editor at El Decor behind my name, that was terrifying to me. I just remember thinking, no one's going to invite me to things anymore. I, everyone's going to forget about me. It just, I don't know. It was such an insecurity, mm-hmm. I guess, at the time. Yeah. That was so silly, but I also could understand why I felt that way because I also didn't have any friends that were influencers. So mm-hmm. it was very uncharted territory to me, but that was in 2018. So oh, I think wow. it's so been... Not that- not that no, no. Ago. Yeah. And also like I was already in my thirties. So I, in yeah. some respects I was like, well, I'm kind of like an older, not older, but I was at that point, there were a lot of other people that had been doing it since, you know, 10 years and they were already yeah. established. And so I did worry that was there even a space in the, in the mm-hmm. industry the for normal feeling, I think for anyone yeah. trying to get into the space. Yeah. And it's funny now because people even ask me now, it's now been four years since then. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's still plenty of opportunity yeah. for people. Like it's more now more than ever. Mm-hmm. But even then four plus years ago, I was like, I feel like maybe I'm too late to the game. But I decided I like wanted to try it anyway, because I felt like I knew I would always regret not taking a leap. Yeah. And I feel like that was such a good time to do it. So then when you quit, did you like, how did you start getting brand partnerships? Did you get a manager? Did you, were you just working for yourself? What did that look like? So totally working for myself. I, my husband was sort of helping me, like we made an alias for him to be (laughs) my manager and (laughs) do my deals and stuff. And I, thankfully, because I had built such strong relationships from the time for the past 10 years. It's not like I was cold emailing people and introducing myself for the first time. I did have my foot in the door with a lot of brands. And so Mm -hmm. that was, I, I had someone tell me, you should make a list of 10 brands that you would die to work with and email all of them and tell Mm -hmm. them why introduce yourself. Or if you have a contact there, use it and basically tell people that like you are now open for business essentially. And so that's, that's what I did. And it was took off a lot faster than I had ever expected. 
and it's been a crazy ride since then. How long did it take you to basically earn what you would have earned in one year at your last job? I think it was like three months. Yeah. It's so it crazy. Was, right? It's so, so crazy. And I, yeah. and I just remember thinking that I would have to go and beg for my job back. I remember saying, I'm going to try this for three months. And then if yeah. it sucks and it's not working out, yeah. could I go like, see if they would still hire me back in my old job? But that didn't, thankfully that didn't happen. I did that same thing when I quit my corporate job to start Be Social. I was like, well, okay, like I did the math like you did. Okay, I need to make X, Y, and Z to pay rent and do this. And then I was like, worst case scenario, I'll just, yeah, beg for my old job back and hopefully they'll take yeah. me. Yeah, just, you know, it's so scary. Like doing it is scary, that, yeah. making that move is terrifying. Yeah, exactly. And then, now you're an entrepreneur, you have your own brand. And I really want to talk about that today as the focus, because as someone who owns a management company, I work with all different creators. I would say one of the top requests from influencers is how do I start a brand? And like, what is the first step? So talk us through it. Like, how did you come up with the idea and what was your first step? So I had always thought, like I, like I had said, I was really interested in studying the influencer marketing industry. And I felt like all the smartest, most strategic, and in my mind, most successful ones are the ones who had who have the longevity, I guess mm-hmm. I would say, were the people that started brands that could theoretically exist outside of them. So if they if Instagram, something happens, or we all, yeah. I don't know, like, one day decide we don't want to do this anymore what are what how are we making money and i had this idea about starting hotel abbey candle in the back of my head for a long time it really started from when i was traveling around the world for work and i would walk into all these luxury hotels and the smell there's a lot of hotels will have a signature scent that mm-hmm. when you walk in it's sort of just it's a marketing tactic but it's also meant to like transport you and put you into like a really like zen headspace and I loved that. I I just thought it was so cool, so unique. Also, I felt like whenever I walked into these hotel lobbies, no one could ever tell me what the scent was. They didn't know. They couldn't yeah. sell it. They they said, check the gift shop. Or maybe... Actually, this literally just happened to me last week. I was in a hotel. I was in the lobby. The scent was amazing. I went up to the concierge, which was like a total weird deja vu throwback to like what I used to do all the time. And I said, what is this fragrance in your lobby? And they're like, oh yeah, we're trying to make it sellable to customers. Like maybe later this year, we're we're trying to like, we'll eventually have it for sale. But that was like always the answer I got. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, why can't there just be a brand that is not associated with any one specific hotel, but it allows like, it kind of draws from that experience of a luxury hotel scent, but makes it you know, applicable to anyone. And I truly didn't know the first thing about starting a business. I like had never done that, done it before, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have a clue except for the fact that I had the idea and I had a vision in terms of like what the brand would look like and what the product would look like and what the packaging would look like. So I, it was actually 2020 during COVID and a lot of my partnerships had slowed down and I wasn't traveling as much because I had been traveling a lot before. And I finally was like, well, I guess if there's ever going to be a time where I have like, 
I'm sitting in one place to like make this business idea happen. It's going to be now. So Mm -hmm. I started working on the concept. I found my designer on TikTok. I was like, I didn't even know how to, how you find like a designer, creative director or someone to like do your packaging or graphics. Literally, I just started looking up hashtag brand designer on TikTok and Googling how to find a manufacturer and going to like the Candle Society of America website and seeing who are members. Like, it's like, it's so, it sounds so basic, but like, I always say I went to Google university. I just figured everything out by Googling. Like I only have one friend who is the founder of a company and Mm. I really didn't have anyone else to ask. You know, there's no like textbook or I'm sure maybe there's a master class or something, but I didn't (laughs) know about that. And I just figured out, out everything on my own. And I w- made a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. I also dealt with a lot of rejection because we didn't know my husband and I self-funded the business and so we weren't going to be ordering 5,000 10,000 candles for the initial launch. We like didn't want to put that much money into it. I also had no idea if it was even going to be successful. So I was reaching out to all these manufacturers and mm-hmm. everyone was saying no or they were saying it's covid we're having supply chain issues. We can't even get for our own customers. We're not taking anyone new. Or they would say, I remember one was like so rude and was like, uh, yeah, good luck with that. We'll, you know, come back to us when you can order a minimum of 10,000 per SKU or something. It was just so condescending. And so it just, it was so matter of fact, like as if you're never going to find someone to, to, mm create this project for you. So eventually, I mean, I had gotten to the point where I'd like run out of options. And then one night I was like, I'm, I am determined, like, I will find someone to do this with me. I will find someone who has the glass I want and the candles base I want. And it was my literal last email to like one final person. And it was a manufacturer, female in business. And she called me the next morning after she got my email. And she was like, this is makes no sense for me to take on this business during this time. And like with such the rush and like, you know, the quantities we're looking for, but like, I think the idea is so cool. And I think I love what you like have concepted and I'm Mm going to do it. So we started it and it was kind of just like, I don't know, just a crazy roller coaster since then. Yeah. And with a manufacturer, like you were talking about minimum order quantities, like MOQs is what they call them. Yeah. When you go and try and find a manufacturer, any industry, whether it's candles or beauty or clothing, yeah, most require like 5,000 to 10,000, which if you think about cost, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you found someone that would take a lower MOQ. Take a slightly lower MOQ. And also I had no idea about quantities. Like I, how, how do you project what you're going to sell? So we, the the mathematics and the logic of how I came up with it was ridiculous. But (laughs) essentially, I was thinking about as an influencer when I have posted about a product that was like crazy viral, like, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like highest converting product I ever posted about how many hundreds or thousands of units of that did I sell? And then I thought, well, I guess I'll just take that number and do something similar to that. And, you know, if I was able to sell that much of another person's product, maybe I could sell that much of my own. I also knew from the very beginning, I would only be marketing it through my channel because we didn't have like a budget to like 
do PR or ads or anything like that. It was essentially I was relying on my own audience. And then my hope was that eventually it would transcend my audience and become bigger and, you know, not just be reliant on Mm -hmm. myself. So we did our MOQs, went through millions of samples and fragrance and testing. Also, it was during COVID, which made it really challenging in Mm -hmm. terms of like nailing down the fragrance because everything was over it was everything was over email or on the phone or FaceTime and sending samples, getting samples, sending feedback. And it was really hard. There were so many times where I was like, this is such a waste of time. Like, I'm never going to get what I want. Like, And I also am a very type A perfectionist. And so there were times where it was like, I couldn't get the exact like ribbon that I wanted, or I couldn't get the exact type of printed box that I wanted. And I was like, the whole thing's over. Like, let's just throw in the towel. It's like, it's not perfect. And so I'm not going to do it if it's not perfect. But eventually it got to a good place and we launched. And the quantities that I thought would be, I don't know, a safe number, I thought we would have enough product to sell for a couple months through holiday season. We launched October 2020. So I figured, okay, we'll we'll have some October, November, and then if I could sell through all of this before Christmas, then I would feel like that was a success. And we ended up selling out our entire inventory in 24 minutes. No, so just yeah, from you it, posting about it, on just your from me media? posting about it. And the craziest part, well, there's a lot of crazy parts about it. But number one, no one had ever smelled the candles except for me. So I was just explaining to my audience what they smelled like, but people were buying, you know, buying them without ever having smelled them before. Also, I wasn't posting about it for very long because I was so it was really touch and go as we got closer to the launch that I was like, I don't even know if this is going to happen. So I'm not even telling anyone what I'm doing because if I don't want to be one of those people that like says they're going to start something and never ends up launching. So I probably probably announced that I was doing this and we were launching this brand a week before. And I basically just spent that week explaining everything that I'd been doing behind the scenes for the past like nine months. And I had no idea if it would resonate with people. I was was like, are people going to be like, I don't get it. A hotel scented candle, like what it, what is that? But thankfully people got it. And I also think I built up such a loyal community of people Mm -hmm. that they like didn't even care if they got it or whatever. (laughs) They just kind of trusted me and also knew that I'm a very picky person and I'm very Mm -hmm. particular and I wouldn't probably wouldn't launch something unless it was like really fucking good. So that's kind of how it happened in the beginning. And shortly after we were able to do a restock and then that sold out in like two hours And then my my husband and I, my husband actually ended up leaving his full-time job to run the business with me full-time because basically after that second sellout, we were like, oh, so this is actually going to be something. This isn't just like a one-off little COVID project. Yeah. So we took the next couple of months, like we took a beat and then figured out what our plan is going to be for the next year and what new SKUs we were launching Mm -hmm. and building out our team a little bit. And that 
was basically how it happened. It was a wild, wild experience. I mean, that is so awesome. And I think if you're a creator listening and you're trying to figure out what type of product makes sense for you to launch, like this is a perfect example of like how perfect hotel lobby candles was for you and your following based on the type of content you had created. So, you know, if you're like, Oh, I'll make a jewelry line because jewelry is cool but you've never posted out jewelry or it doesn't make sense for your, you know, following, try to find something that really speaks to you and your passions. And then your following will want to buy it and be a part of it because they trust you. Yeah. And I also would say like, I, I was so lit up about this. Literally. I was so <laughs> lit about this idea. Like I would in the, the middle of the night, I would think like, Oh, we could do a hotel lobby candle this or a hotel lobby candle that. And it would, it would keep me up at night. I would be making sketches and coming up with all these like diffusion lines and collabs and all this stuff. Like I had so many ideas and I was just so excited about the potential. Meanwhile, there were actually two other brands that I wanted to start or I had in the back of my mind. One was like a sunglasses line. And Mm. I actually had even gone to the point of getting, finding a manufacturer and sampling and whatever, but I just like, it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't doing it for me like I in the same way that this was. And also, like you said, I always had talked about candles and always talked about travel. Sunglasses, like I wore them, but like yeah. I didn't, <laughs> it wasn't like my thing. And right. that certainly told me just the way I felt about the candles and how passionate I was about them. It told me that I was like in the right spot mm-hmm. and also that that passion would translate when I spoke about it and talked to my audience about them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see a lot of these like celebrity influencer brands that are launched that are just so completely random for that creator or celebrity. That's just like chasing the dollar, right? Like it's, you know, it's not going to be a long-term brand when the association is just sort of like fake, you know? Right. You do wonder, you wonder like what the longevity is like, okay, maybe it's buzzy in in the beginning, but like who is the lot? I guess what it is is that the product just has to be really good and to the point where it's not relevant anymore, who the founder is. And for me, that was always what I wanted my thing to be. Like I didn't make it my, put my name on it intentionally. And I wanted it to be so good that it didn't matter that it was an influencer who started it. And Mm -hmm. a lot of, I mean, most of our customers now don't follow me, don't even know who I am. And it's, it's kind of spread from word of mouth. And we have a lot of repeat customers because like the product is really good. Yeah. It's a standalone brand outside of you or surpassed you essentially, which is the ideal. And so I just want to backtrack a little bit. So with the manufacturer, you found that person. How did you get like distribution figured out? So, you know, obviously when someone buys from your website, who ships that? Were you shipping that in your house or what did that look like? So Great question. Also something that I had literally never considered and didn't know anything about. I didn't know now the word 3PL is tossed around in my house a hundred times a day. I didn't know what a 3PL, what is third, a 3PL? Party logis- oh, three- third party okay. logistics. So it's yeah. essentially a third party that's your warehouse distributing your product. And I didn't know that that existed. I don't even know where I thought things came from, but I just had never, <laughs> it never occurred to me. It's like before you start a product-based business, you order stuff online and it just shows up and you really don't spend very much time Mm. thinking about how it got from point A to point B to point C. You just like open the box, throw it out and move on (laughs) with your day. 
I, I feel like I know way too much now, but it's, I mean, it's definitely meant an education. So we, in the very beginning, we knew we couldn't ship it out of our apartment. We lived in New York City. Like there was just 0% chance that was happening in our apartment. Thankfully, our manufacturer was like, well, we could just send them to the customers for you, which also is something that they had not done before, but they kind of were willing to do it for us for the initial launch. And then after that happened and it was like a lot more orders and a lot faster, higher volume than we expected, we were like, okay, we probably need to look into a warehouse Mm -hmm. and a place that like is going to do this for us, distribute for us full time. So I think it was maybe after the second launch, we then moved to a third party logistics company that, that does all of our shipping. And so they'll do shipping, they'll do returns, they do all the customer service type of stuff. Well, actually, my husband still does all of our customer service, okay. but personal touch, which is nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we actually call them our concierge because customer oh, service cute. feels a little too <laughs> transactional. So yeah. yeah, the warehouse, they, they ship everything out for us and they'll, they'll take returns. Mm-hmm. But we also, in the very beginning, we didn't even have a system in place for returns. We were having people send their returns to our apartment. And then we oh, were, gosh. I mean, it was very like, you know, we were just learning. We really yeah. had no idea. And so much of it was like trial and error. Like even mm-hmm. with the third party logistics, we didn't know how to find one. We didn't know that you could actually interview them and have them send a proposal. We just found one. Yeah. They seemed good. We thought their prices were fine. And we were like, we have no time. We'll just, I, I always like operate a lot based on gut. And I felt mm-hmm. like my gut said, I thought they were good people. So we just went with them. Now we've learned, okay, you can get competitive. You can have people send proposals and compare negotiate. and contrast, <laughs> negotiate and see like, okay, well, what are your specific needs or what will your needs be? And like, is this warehouse going to be the right fit for you? Mm-hmm. So it's all, all things that we've learned along the way. And thankfully, my husband left his job and oversees all of that business operational part. It's crazy because when we started it, I'm like a truly a creative and I have had never given thought to the financial side or the business side. And thankfully, my husband like is very much that he's a business minded brain and I'm the creative brain. So it actually works out really well that we have complementary skills. Yeah, I love when I see couples like that, especially in like the influencer space where one is like the photographer and then, you know, she's the blogger. I'm like, what a dream setup to have just like a built in team like that and working together every day. I mean, it's a dream. It's a dream until you're like, (laughs) you're spending 24 hours a day together and you're like, get me out of here. I I cannot. You're like, don't even look at me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I actually made him go take a walk because I was like, you can't be here with the podcast. We need to like, take a few steps from each other <laughs> oh my god he comes in tries to talk on the mic he's like let me let me talk about PL. <laughs> yeah do you have other employees or what's your plan for hiring so we have one full-time employee we're about to hire our second full-time and then everyone else we work with are on a contract basis so we have like email marketing contracted design contracted social contracted what else um, web development yeah essentially all of those little pillars. And in the beginning, I didn't know, you know I, I just never set up a company structure before or a, like a org chart or anything. So really, we just would see what we needed or I would be like, okay, I can't be the one 
creating the emails and sending out the newsletters and whatever anymore, that became too laborious and time consuming for me. So I, we found someone to do it. I think like there were just even, even now with the hire that we're making next, which is a big director level hire, it sort of became clear what we needed help with. And then you fill that position if you're financially able to do so. So yeah, and that's a great tip too. It's hiring freelancers and things like that that are experts in their field is a great starting yes. point for when you can't yet hire a full-time employee. And it's also like we don't necessarily have a need for a lot of like for some of the freelancers that we have, there wouldn't like be enough for them to do as a full-time employee. So it it works out well. And I think in the beginning, I just assumed, oh, you have a company and you have to hire like a full team and have all these positions. But number one, like you can't financially do that, especially if you're self-funded, you know, you don't have VC money or anything like that. You have to be very scrappy and strategic. Um, and then also it's like not totally necessary, I guess, if you're small to have a whole team of people. For us, it makes more sense to be lean, have people in their dedicated positions. And in the beginning, I was literally doing everything. I realized that I'm not the expert in a lot of these things. And we would be much better off if instead of me just learning something for the first time, hiring someone who is the expert in the thing that I know nothing about. And that was it was hard for me to let go a little bit because it was it's my brand and my baby. But I also very quickly learned that yet you have to delegate because like you're essentially getting in your own way if you're trying to do everything yourself. Yeah, it's so true. So what's next for the brand? So we have a lot coming up. We have launching some new products and product extensions beyond candles later this year. And we are continuing to grow our team we are, I feel like this year we're really hitting our stride. The first two years, it was sort of like survival mode almost and getting our flow with manufacturing and, and fragrance and colors and packaging and just kind of getting that all on lock and set. And now that we have that portion sort of under control, now we're like, okay, we need to step it up a notch like customer acquisition. How are we finding new customers? How are we taking our social another level? How are we being more strategic with our email marketing? Things that we did think about in the first two years, but that first of all, it was like a total blur. And it was also just like, we just need to like keep the candles coming and get the inventory there. Cause we were often selling out, we would launch something or we would restock something. It would sell out so fast that we couldn't even like keep up the inventory with like the demand. So we have that figured out now. And now we're just kind of focusing on the other parts. Oh, that's so exciting. I love that. And that's where you get to like flex that creative muscle of like, yes. what is the campaign for it? What does the launch look like? And that's totally. So and that's like the, that is definitely, there's a lot of stress involved in running a business, especially running a business with your spouse. But <laughs> the, the moments that are like so fulfilling to me are when I get to be creative and put together shoots and we yeah. like, you know, we'll conceptualize an idea for a packaging or I don't know, just how we would do a mailer or different like campaigns we'll try out with influencers and things like that. So it's been fun. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. This is like such a fun you. You know, company you're running and I feel like there's so much more you can do with it and it's just an exciting time. So congratulations. Yeah. 
Well, Thanks so much. Time is up already, which I felt like this went really quick. Um, oh my god, I, that yeah. was fast. <laughs> And I feel like what you said today was was amazing and hopefully helpful for people listening who want to start their own brand. Where can people follow you? Sure. My Instagram is at Lindsay Silb and our brand is Hotel Lobby Candle. And you could find us on Instagram at Hotel Lobby Candle and we're sold directly on our website, hotellobbycandle.com. I love it. Thank you, Lindsay. This was amazing. Thank you. Bye.